Hello there, everyone, and welcome back to the Showing Up to Life podcast and YouTube channel. My name is Art Burns, and I'm excited to be here with you today, but I am a little late today, and <laughs> I hope that's uh, not disturbing anybody. Um, it wasn't intentional. It's just the way life has dished it out to me today. Uh, but yeah, it's after actually, uh, it's after three o'clock in the afternoon. <laughs> I almost never do these podcasts this late in the day. And so, um, but you know, that alone feels pretty good. You know, it feels good to be able to kind of relax the rigidity a little bit, right? To to allow myself to, you know, to kind of see what happens, right? And that's something that I talk to you all about so often here, right? That that is such a key to the ability to... Um, you know, not only maintain our sort of well-being in our life, but actually, you know, kind of, you know, the way that we can find our 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 strengths and our our sort of flow, right, is to, you know, is to just allow life to kind of happen around us, right? It, it doesn't have to be something where, you know, so often we we have these these set ideas of the way life is supposed to be, right? The, the way like, okay, you know, I'm supposed to do my podcast in the morning when my mind is fresh or whatever, and I don't like to do it in the afternoon, so therefore doing the afternoon is a bad thing. And now if I'm doing it in the afternoon, now I have failed somehow, right? And so, so what does that do to me, right? That creates all these emotions of, of, you know, of shame and guilt and uh, regret and uh, unworthiness, you know, it, it can be a very slippery slope that you can go down with these emotions too, right? The emotions have a way of really taking hold and, and, and building and, and increasing and becoming something that is really overwhelming, Right. And that's when we wind up, you know, now, now the problem is, right, that in that space, right, while I'm trying to, you know, all I'm doing is making a podcast here. Right. And so but but in that space of, of kind of, you know, kind of thinking about how, you know, how bad it is that I didn't do it this morning and, and, and feeling that shame and that guilt and everything. Right. Well, that's the point of this whole podcast. Right. Life doesn't stop to give us that time to, to handle all those emotions. Right. Life doesn't say, OK, Make sure the phone doesn't ring. Make sure the emails don't come in. Make sure the kids don't need anything. Make sure all of life kind of pauses for you while you figure out these emotions, okay? Just let us know when you're done, Art. You know, we'll, we'll be waiting for you here. We'll be holding all this stuff back for you. Let us know when you're ready for it, <laughs> right? Life doesn't happen that way, right? Life is a series, a moment-to-moment -moment experience that includes all of it, right? Includes all of that stuff that I just named and much, much, much more. And we cannot control when it is coming into us. So therefore, when we get wrapped up in those emotions and we let ourselves get sort of carried away with that, well, we have to answer life from that place, right? But when we're in that place, we're not making very good decisions. We're not making sound decisions. We're not making decisions that are going to impact us in a positive, beneficial way. In all likelihood, we're making decisions that are quite the opposite of that, right? And we're making decisions that will carry with them further consequences, which will further exacerbate this whole cycle and, and keep us in this place of, you know, feeling like, you know, like we, we messed up and so therefore we have shame. So therefore we're going to, uh, you know, have that, that emotion is going to, you know, be, you know, where we're operating from. Something else comes in, we make a bad decision again, we messed up again, and it just keeps going and going and going. Sometimes the whole life feels like that, right? And so this this is kind of what I wanted to talk about today is that, you know, the idea that, um, 
you know, I just did a TikTok video about this. Uh, you know, as I told you, this is, you know, when I do these videos here with you in the podcast, um, it's a it's a much longer elaborated version of this little one to three minute thing that I do on TikTok. And so, um, but but really the the message is quite simple and quite basic, right? That that you know, we are taught from a very early age. I mean, like from day one, right? Like, like as soon as we can walk, right, we get praised. When we can get the spoon into our mouth instead of into our ear, when we're learning to eat, we get praised. When we speak, we we get praised, right? Then when we, um, you know, score a goal in soccer, which, you know, soccer, you know, the age of toddler just means, you know, 30 kids just chasing a ball around the, the field in a big pack, and once in a while the ball gets in the net. But when that happens, we praise the child. Oh, you've done so well. You're such a good person. Look at how wonderful you are for what you've achieved. And it doesn't stop there, does it? Right? We go into school. We're graded. We're literally told, you know, okay, you've either done enough or you haven't. <laughs> right? You either get an A or you get an F. Right? And then, of course, that doesn't stop, right? And then, of course, once we get out into the workforce, right, now it's about, okay, you know, what are your monthly numbers? You know, what is your performance like? I'm going to, you. we go through performance reviews, right? Is your performance valid enough to work here? And if it's valid enough, do you deserve more money for this? Have you done enough to learn to earn more money, right? Now, in and of itself, this doesn't seem like that bad, right? Like, I guess, you know, we should be praised when we do something well. And I guess, you know, being not praised when we do something not well, it will help us, you know, we, we gravitate towards that good feeling, right? So we're going to want to do things better, I guess, right? I mean, that's the logic. And I guess it makes sense. But then again, <laughs> does it? And because the reason I ask this question is because you know, basically what I'm describing is, is a, a, a sort of um, system built on the reward of or, or built on self-esteem, right? Not the reward of self-esteem, but, but self-esteem itself, right? They, like self-esteem is that feeling like, oh, I'm good. I can do this, right? But that's based on accomplishment, That's based on, on, on achievements and on, on tasks that you've performed, it's not based on just being you, right? And that's the problem, right? Because if you're just being you and you fail, then what happens? Right? In the when as soon as we fail, as I said on my TikTok earlier, the the second we fail, self-esteem exits stage left. Like without delay, right? It's gone. Like a smoking trail, you know, like vroom, like Roadrunner, right? Gone. And what does it leave in its wake? It leaves shame. It leaves guilt. It leaves unworthiness. It, it leads these emotions that, that transform into anger and jealousy and, and rage. And is any of that helpful for us? I mean, what's that doing for us, right? Now, again, I know the logic is, well, then don't fail, right? So if you don't fail, you won't feel that, right? Okay, great. Tell me one person in the entire history of humanity, one single person who has lived life without failure. I'll wait. 
<laughs> I mean, unless you're talking about like a, a six month old baby, <laughs> right? Like that's the only way, right? Because the, there is no such thing. There is no such thing as a life without failure. And there shouldn't be, right? Because failure is how we learn, right? Like when you were a little kid, like, you know, you, you did not learn to eat because you got the spoon in your mouth. You learned to eat by getting the spoon in your ear. It was the failure that propelled you to learn the, the, the success, right? You know, just like riding a bike, you know, most kids do not get on a bike and the first time they just riding and nothing, no problem, right? No, you go through training wheels, really loud and annoying things, you know, but that's how we, you know, so of course that's how we, we fail by keeping safe, right? Cause we don't want our kids falling over off a bike all the time. You're going to get a lot of broken bones and stuff like that, right? But really, you know, I mean, you do fall off a bike while you're learning, right? Because that's what, that's how you learn. And the same thing is true in meditation practices, right? A lot of times people come into meditation and they say, oh, I had a great meditation today because I was just all in there and I, I, my mind didn't wander. It felt like I was so at peace. I would say, what's good about that? <laughs> I'm glad you feel good. But that's not as effective at meditation as if your mind wandered 50 times during your meditation, because every time your mind wanders with meditation, every time you fail in holding your attention, that's when you're practicing. That's when you're building the strength. That's when you're, you're, you're progressing. So failure is a good thing. And the other side of that is that failure doesn't have to be the end of anything. Right. If every child who 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 ever put the spoon in their ear before their mouth just stopped, we'd have nobody living on this planet anymore, would we? I don't know if that's a, such a bad thing either, the state of things in this world. But but truly, you know, that's the reality. Right. If every child who who learned, uh, you know, how to, uh, you know, do mathematics and simple arithmetic and they, you know, if after the first time they failed, they figured that's the end we'd have no accountants in the world. We'd have no architects in the world, right? We need to fail in order for us to succeed. It's part of the process. I, I often like to tell people that, you know, <coughs> pardon me, because I, I am teaching people to do something that's not that easy, right? Meditation, it's simple, but it's not that easy, right? And so I often tell people that, you know, with anything that you learn to do, anything, from again, from walking, eating, riding a bike, learning a musical instrument, uh, learning a sport, learning a language, anything. First, you suck at that thing. <laughs> First, you are really, really bad at it. Then, you, you know, as you practice, you become not that bad at it. Then you become uh, kind of good, kind of okay about it. Then you become good at it right? That's the progression. And we all go through that progression, right? And so when we're, when we're caught up in our sense of self-esteem, that progression seems like torture. I mean, that seems like hell. Like, how can I possibly suck at something? That's terrible for me. That, where's my self-esteem? So what do we do, right? So how do we, how do we deal with this? Well, very simply, we replace self-esteem with self-compassion, which is something that all of that schooling and all of the jobs and all that stuff just misses. It just does not include it at all. 
But self-compassion is the way that we can carry ourselves through the difficulty, through the failures, through the challenges, right? We can support ourselves through these things. We can hold our own hands through it and see it through to the end, right? But that's how we find our success. That's how we find our well-being is through the ability to support ourselves through the difficulties and through the struggles. You know, I mentioned before who who in the world lives a, a, a failure-free life. It just doesn't exist, right? And another thing that comes up quite often is that, and this is something personal for me, right, as a survivor of childhood trauma and, and somebody who lives with CPTSD, co complex uh, post-traumatic stress disorder, which came through years and years and years of that abuse, right? You know, literally, like, almost 18 years of abuse, right? Like it's a very complex uh, disorder that I have that, that, that you know, that, that is very, very difficult at times, right? But the idea then is that, um, <clears throat> you know, as I make my way through my life, if I can support myself, then that's, I make it the best I can, right? But, but what I was going to say before that is that, you know, we, we, you know, I, I can look back in my life and I often have looked back on my life in the past and said, it's so unfair, you know, like, especially now as a parent, right? When I see how much my son wants the relationship with me, like how much he cherishes every single moment that we spend together. And to think that I never had that at all with my father, right? You know, it's easy for me to say, God, that's unfair. You know, that just, that really sucks. I got the short end of the stick on this. And maybe some of that is correct, right? But what's also true is that I, just like you, just like anybody else in the world who's, who's lived on this earth, we were not given some kind of contract before we were born, Right. Nobody pulled me aside as I was in in the, uh, you know, the 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 oneness of the universe before I became a, an embodied uh, person here on Earth. Right. Nobody, you know, pulled me aside, and said, OK, this is what you can expect here, 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 here. This is your life. OK, carry this paper with you just so you, in case you get lost. Right. <laughs> Nobody gets that. Nobody was guaranteed anything. You were not guaranteed a life free of abuse. You were not guaranteed a life filled with happiness. But you were also not guaranteed a life that was, you know, void of happiness. Right? Because what life really is, is just pure potential. Right? Like when you're born, you're born into the potential of the environment in which you know, that your parents and your grandparents and your their friends and all that, like you're born into that circumstance. You have no control over it, right? You have no control, no, no choice, no nothing. You're just here. Here we are, right? Here we are. You're, you're, you were born into, uh, I was born into a world, a, a life with a, a mother who was just so stressed out that she couldn't handle herself and she took out her uh, her rage and aggression on me physically and emotionally and then i had a father who was you know really not committed at all and just you know really kind of you know either wasn't there and then when he was there he was 
you know, pretty emotionally abusive of me, right? I was not given, uh, you know, like an Amazon order page here where I could look up the reviews of how these parents did and whether I really want to get into this or not. It wasn't part of it. Now, there's lots of different theories, right? Depending on your, you know, faith and your, uh, your beliefs, you know, maybe you believe that we're all born into this world for a reason, right? Maybe there's a reason I was born into these parents, right? Maybe I'm, he- I'm meant to be here to learn something, to do something from this. I like to think that that's true. And that's why I'm here talking to you right now. You know, because I could sit here and lick my wounds and say how unfair it was and how how brutal it's been, and, and those things might be true, but what does that do, right? What does that change? That doesn't let me off the hook. I still got to live the life, right? And so I have the choice now to either support myself through this, to accept the fact that, you know what, yeah, it's it's a rough life that I was born into, but I don't have to let that define me, you know, through self-compassion, I can allow myself to make the best version of this life that I can. It doesn't make the abuse go away. It doesn't make the CPTSD go away. It doesn't change the fact that sometimes I have major difficulties in my life as a result of all that, right? It doesn't take away the years of confusion and the and the you know the sexual confusion and the and the 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 identity confusion and all the stuff that went with it. None of that goes away. None of it changes even a little bit. But what does change is my relationship to it right? I can, instead of seeing how unfair and how brutal and how horrible it was, you know, I can also look at it and say, well, okay, yes, it is all those things, but I survived it, right? And so there's something to be said. Now, not in a self-esteem way, right? Because I don't consider myself necessarily a success having survived that, but the point is that I can, I can, in spite of all those, those things and the fact that they're not going away, in spite of all that, I can still continue to move forward in my life in a way that is, you know, doing the best I can, right? And, and, and you know, learning the lessons that I need to learn, you know, experiencing what I need to experience, love what I want to love, you know, d- you know, engage in life, right? I can still show up to life which is not what I used to think, right? I used to think that all this stuff was so unfair and so brutal. I, I'm not, it doesn't count for me. Like I can't show up for life. I'm just this person, right? I'm just this, um, you know, imperfect and, you know, just kind of flawed and damaged person. Woe is me. And that's going to impact every relationship I have. That's going to impact every conversation I have. That's going to impact every thought I have. So if instead I can turn to my soft and and embracing compassion for myself, then I can carry myself through this difficulty. I can help myself through it. Because yes, it might feel unfair that there's nobody else to help me, okay? but it doesn't mean that I have no one to help me, right? Because I have myself to help me. So I want to review with you um, briefly here uh, a practice, okay? 
practice of self-compassion. <clears throat> now, I've, I've gone through this with you before, but but I've kind of, you know, over the last few months here, I've, I've really worked to simplify um, a lot of the practices that I, I give and, and I teach because, you know, you know, sometimes the complex, <laughs> it's not the right call. You know, sometimes simplification is what people really need in order to be able to do the practices, right? So so this is one. Now, there's, there's been in the past, I've given you a three-step um, uh, sort of practice for self-compassion. And this is also, this actually has a fourth step added to it. So even though it's simplified, it's extended a little bit. But I want you to hear this, okay? Because this is a really powerful practice. Okay, now, again, <clears throat> as you also have heard me talk about, um, and I still haven't looked up the guy's name, I feel so terrible, but um, Kristen Neff, and I believe it's Michael Gerber, but I, for some reason, I also believe that that's wrong, so I really apologize, sir. I don't mean to, <laughs> I just, I think I'm also just so in love with Kristen Neff that it's like, you know, it's like my own in attentional blink, right? As soon as I see Dr. Neff, it's like, oh, I just lose myself <laughs> for a minute. But anyway, um, you know, she just does such amazing work, and just to hear her talk and her story and it's just really, really beautiful stuff. But anyway, um, the work that these two doctors have done for like, I think close to 15, 20 years now, right? That they have established just unequivocally, uh, I'm sorry, unambiguously, they've established through this research or, or the research that others have done too, established un unambiguously that, that there's absolutely nothing more powerful than self-compassion. Right. And again, it's so counterintuitive from what we're taught as kids, right, that most of us don't automatically go to self-compassion. We go the other way. Right. We start to feel like, oh, you beat yourself up because you fail, because we're looking for that self-esteem. Right. And quite frankly, this is why so many of us are so damaged and so hurting all the time. Right. But anyway, going back to, to what I said before, right, that that you know, self-compassion is about the fact that, look, you're not supposed to live any certain way, right? You're not supposed to get things right. You're not supposed to be perfect. You're supposed to be you. And you're supposed to just do, you know, what you're able to do. And that's enough. It never has to be more than that. So this is a practice that you can use in times where you're feeling yourself struggle. Right. And, and, and the reason this is, again, such a beautiful practice is because it requires mindfulness, too. Right. Because for in order for you to notice your struggle, you got to be paying attention to yourself. Right. So this is a good thing. OK, so so <clears throat> anytime you find yourself, whether it's an overwhelming emotion that you're feeling, whether it's just you're, you're stuck in thought and you can't break out of it, um, whether, <clears throat> you know, life just seems to be crumbling around you, whatever is going on in your life, right, that you feel a moment of difficulty, right? Here's the practice. You're just going to pause for a moment, right? Now, this could take anywhere. Like, if you have this way, I always teach this, right? If you have five, ten minutes to do this practice, take five or ten minutes to do this practice, right? Most of the time, we don't. <clears throat> you know, most of the time, we find ourselves struggling when we're in a meeting at work or we're, you know, we're driving our car or we're, we're, we're in the middle of a, of a thing that we're doing with somebody. <clears throat> Pardon me. And so, so we don't have time to just say, okay, I'm, I'm going to go practice some self-compassion. I'll be right back, boss. Okay, give me five minutes. That's not going to work, right? So we need to be able to kind of 
almost do it on the fly a little bit, right? So don't feel like it has to take a long time, but the more often we practice this, if you can do this a few times, you know, every day even, right? Even if it's remembering a situation that was difficult, right? This is going to get you into the the flow of self-compassion and then it just comes automatically. And this this process happens just a couple of weeks. It doesn't take long, right? If you do, you know, so so if you do this practice every day, say four times a day, three weeks from now, you're going to be automatically doing this in every moment. All right. I mean, maybe not every single moment that quickly, but more often than not, you're going to find yourself doing it. It's going to feel like a passive thing that you're doing because your body's doing it automatically. And that's when we're cooking with gas. Okay. So here's the practice. When you're experiencing a moment of difficulty. Now, before I get into this again, the idea of doing this practice, your brain doesn't know the difference between an actual experience of difficulty and the memory or thought of it of an experience of difficulty. Okay, so if you want just four times a day, 10 a.m., 12 noon, 2 p.m., 4 p.m., something like that, just pause and remember a time of difficulty and go through this process. Okay, that works too, okay? So here's the process. The first thing you're gonna do is just pause. Now, this pause can happen two, three seconds. It doesn't have to be long, right? But in this pause, you're going to just declare to yourself, this is a moment of suffering. Now, suffering is a big word, as Dr. Neff says in one of her talks. You don't necessarily want to use the, if if that word sounds too big for you, too biblical or something like that, find a different word. It doesn't matter what the word is that you use. You could say, this is a moment of difficulty. This is a moment of struggle this shit is hard, right? (laughs) Whatever it is, right? Like just come up with your language. It should fit you. It shouldn't be my language. It should be your language, okay? But declaring that this is a difficult time, like what I'm experiencing right now is hard, okay? It's very important to do that, okay? Because when we do that, we kind of break a cycle. We kind of step back from it for a second. We say, whoa, look at this out here, right? Instead of look at this up here, okay? So that's the first step, just declaring, this is hard, okay? Second step, tell yourself, difficulty is part of being human. There is no person on earth that has ever lived on the earth who has lived a life free from difficulty. So the fact that I'm experiencing difficulty just makes me human, okay? Just that simple. Let me read my notes here real quick. The next step, <clears throat> tell yourself, and use the use the plural pronoun might help, right? Because you're you're talking to yourself, right? So it's it's the the ego who's out here talking to yourself in here, right? So so you can even say things like, "We have gotten through lots of difficulty in the past." Right? So this is the third step. We've gotten through difficulties in the past, and we're going to support each other through difficulties in the, you know, through this difficulty. Now, again, the, the plural pronoun, maybe that's not comfortable. So you can say I, right? You can just say I have gotten through difficulty in the past. And with my own support, I'm going to get through this difficulty too. Because I'm not turning my back on myself, right? That kind of whatever that language is for you again, right? And then finally, this is the really important fourth step, Okay. Give yourself some love and literally say something like, if it feels comfortable, 
if it feels comfortable to you, say something like, I love you, Art. <laughs> You're doing the best you can. I know you are. And I love you. Something very simple like that. But do it. Okay? It matters. It matters. It really does. Now, the other thing, extra credit, I'll throw in, that uh, Dr. Neff and... Dr. Gerber, maybe, <laughs> um, they, um, they, they talk about the, the physical notion of this, right? And the physical advantage we can give ourselves or the further support we can give ourselves through physical touch. So uh, all of you on the video see that I'm putting my two hands over my heart right now. On the podcast, you don't see that, of course, but you could also put your hand on your cheek. You could hold your hands in one hand in the other as though you're holding somebody else's hand. You could squeeze your knee. The idea is that if you saw somebody else going through a, a, a time of struggle and difficulty, one of the first things we instinctively do is we reach out and touch that person. Right? We put a hand on their shoulder. We hug them a little. We, my son, I would tussle his hair, right? Or I give him a kiss on his forehead to let him know I'm here for you, dude. Right? I'm here and I'm not going away. So as difficult as as difficult as this thing is that you're going through, you're not alone. <clears throat> the physical touch. The reason we do it so automatically and so instinctively is because instinctively we know how important it is to feel that touch. And that's something that's been baked into our um, you know, nervous system for hundreds of thousands of years, right? That's part of our evolution. That's not something that I made up. It's not something that Dr. Neff or her colleagues made up. It's been around longer than there were human beings, okay? And because it's true for all mammals, by the way, right? And that's, that's our mammalian trait, right? That is not a human trait. That is a mammalian trait, right? So all the dogs and all the cats and all the cows and all the sheep, they all feel the same way. They touch each other. They, they, they know that that, that you know, body-to-body -body contact is so important, all right, everybody. Thank you for listening. Thank you for watching. I know this was a little bit of a weird, you know, and again, this is the whole thing about, uh, you know, the openness of mindfulness, right? This certainly was weird today because it's 3.30 in the afternoon right now. Did not feel the same way. It's not good or bad. It's just different. And so I'm going to try to sit with this and feel into it. And next time, who knows? Maybe I'll do it again this late in the, in the afternoon. And that next time will be tomorrow. So you watch out for me and I'll be back tomorrow. Have a great day, everybody. Take care.